you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izinite gregi. Even before receiving a mandate from Stevo Pendorovsky to form a new government, the quote, new unquote, citizen leader, Dimitar Kovacevsky, met with the U.S. Prime Minister, President and Pope of Macedonia, U.S. Ambassador Kate Burns, who asked Kovacevsky to kiss her ring. Okay, the kissing of the Holy Ring did not happen, but Dimchev running to see Kate shows us two things. First, he doesn't really believe in the sovereignty of Macedonia, and two, he's really just a suck-up. But before he started sucking up to Katie, Dimche started making changes to the party leadership in this last week of 2021. At the same time, loyalists of the recently departed Zoran Zayev are themselves departing the government. Perhaps they hold an impending sense of doom for their party, their government, and their future. And perhaps, sensing blood in the proverbial waters, or at least just an opportunity to create lanes for themselves, some former citizen officials are now announcing that they will form new political parties. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetin Shalimanov in Skopje, Macedonia. How you doing, Svetin? Good, good. Uh, busy times here. Yeah, well, this is, um, we kind of call this here in the States, Dead Week. So we're recording this yeah. on Wednesday, the 29th of December. So just three days left in this calendar year. We just celebrated Christmas as, uh, as Mia in Macedonia says, uh, the Catholic Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although <laughs> always leaving out, you know, the, 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 the Protestants for some reason. I don't, I'll never understand that. But so we just celebrated <laughs> Catholic yeah. Christmas here. Uh, we got New Year's coming up on Friday, and, and so this is kind of dead week. A lot of companies uh, uh, let their employees have the week off. Uh, obviously, school's out of session. Uh, and, and it's one of those weeks where you, you're, you wake up and you're, you're never quite sure, what day of the week is it? What is the date? Mm. Uh, Etc. Of course, in Macedonia, we're preparing to celebrate Christmas next week. Uh, but first, obviously, New Year's is... is uh, uh, happens uh, everywhere at the same time, oddly, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah. So it's it's it is a busy week here, although it's a strange busy week just because you know a lot of people are still at home, families still gathering. Uh, you've got a lot of football games. Although I have to, one of our um, at the PR firm I work for, one of our clients is the uh, Arizona Bowl. It's a college football uh-huh. game between two college teams, and it's it's done on uh, it's played on Friday. The, the December 31st, although we, unfortunately, they had to cancel it because of COVID. Mm. Uh, one of the teams couldn't make it, and other college football teams are also, uh, uh, or other holiday uh, bowl games are also being canceled just because of COVID. It's, it's, uh, it's yep. a bit wild, so. Yeah, I don't think there is any rule anymore. I mean, some are overreacting, some are underreacting. <laughs> it's weird yeah. here as well. You have yeah. events being like uh, Philip, the healthcare minister, is leaving office, obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, he had a meeting with a bunch of female journal- journalists, a few men included, uh, 
in this mattering. No masks, just, you know, snapping pictures, posting them on social media after badgering us for years, like, you know, put your mask, keep your distance. So, you know, people just like make, make it up on the go uh, right now. Yeah, interesting. I was, I was listening. Who was I listening to or reading? I can't remember. Some conservative podcast the other day, and then, and then we'll we'll get into the mm-hmm. Macedonian stuff here. Uh, but they said um, that prior to Omicron, so it was the Delta variant that was running rampant, uh, because it was it, because it wasn't as widely transmissible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, the chattering classes, the far left, the liberals, the left, the Democrats, etc who are all up in their ivory towers, protected, et cetera. They, they weren't getting, you know, the Delta variant, mm-hmm. uh, but it was reserved for the rubes in Florida and Texas, yeah. et cetera. Have but to now... Work in Walmart, have to work in Costa. Exactly, yeah. People that actually have to do something and yeah. produce something instead of just sit and think and write. Uh, mm-hmm. So they weren't getting it, but now with Omicron, they're getting it, and so they're reversing their... Uh-huh. Um, their uh, ah, okay, position yeah. no more, no say, more isolation <laughs> no more isolation everybody's going to get it we're you know <laughs> etc so you know it's just, it's it's typical hypocrisy from our friends on the left but yeah. what else can you expect so yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking of hypocrisy um so we've got uh, <laughs> the new prime minister designate or uh the citizen leader uh dimitar dimche kovachevsky mm-hmm. who ran to meet as soon as he is appointed by citizen as the uh, or appointed elected, I guess, as mm-hmm. citizen leader, he runs off to meet Kate Burns, uh, the U.S. ambassador, yeah. and kiss her ring, um, which I thought was quite telling, uh, mm-hmm. even before he got the mandate from Pendorovsky. Yeah. Uh, anything juicy come out of that uh, yeah. meeting? Was it, it? I didn't see that Kate uh, posted anything, at least on social media. No, no, no information of the content, but uh, you know, as you said, it was far more important for him to get this endorsement than the pro forma endorsement from Pendarovsky today. <laughs> and uh, the PR team of his DSM made sure they, you know, spread this photograph of Kovachevsky and uh, Kate Burns uh, far and wide so that everybody knows that this is the actual new designated uh, prime minister. The suit the U.S. Embassy chose to uh, p- place in the, in, the, in the office of prime minister uh, right mm-hmm. now after... Zayev is uh, is no more, so yeah, she endorsed practically endorsed him with with this meeting, and uh, uh, Pendarovsky today gave him the mandate. So now he has twenty days to uh, negotiate. I mean, it's probably already negotiated, but to fine tune the list of government uh, members with uh, Dewey, with uh, the Alternative Party, with a bunch of other smaller parties, which will now want. A greater share of of power, uh, following in the footsteps of the alternative party, which got this huge uh, windfall, the healthcare ministry and a bunch of other departments, in exchange for its four votes in parliament. Uh, together, all together, they have uh, they should have sixty four votes out of hundred and twenty. So another extremely slim majority for SDSM, but uh, technically you can call it. A, new, a majority, and uh, uh, the vote will take place sometime in uh, mid-January, um, early to mid-January, on uh, the list of the government members and on the program of the government. Hmm. Right, so again, so next week is Christmas in Macedonia. It's probably not going to happen uh, next week. Um, 
maybe the week after. As you mentioned, 64 votes, assumably. But mm -hmm. at the same time, of course, we know that some of these other smally, smaller parties, uh, yeah. DOM, LDP, um, what's uh, Tito's party? Um, uh, NSDP, the New Social Democratic yeah, Party. Pavle, Trayanov, yeah, uh, Pavle, Trayanov, DS, etc. They, they were making some... Um, they were grumbling a bit, shall we say, yeah. in the past couple of weeks over, over what uh, Alternative got versus what they didn't get. Mm. Uh, so I suppose there's still time for them to uh, upset the party, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so, so you got that. Um, but assuming that uh, Dimche can actually form a government, it, it's going to be shaky. Uh, he's got an all-new crew, or mostly all-new crew. As I mentioned in the monologue, a lot of uh, Zayev loyalists are mm. departing the government. So Shekarinska's out. Lipchay's out, Spasovsky's out, uh, Nikola Dimitrov is out, I believe. Very likely, yes. Very likely, okay. Uh, and 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 then any any names that uh, that come to, that that might our, our listeners might be familiar with that he is putting into his leadership. Well, this is the big story, actually. The how many how thoroughly he purged Zayev's people from the government, or actually from the running of the party. Well, we're yet to see. Mm -hmm. The government, but uh, there are like there is a deputy leader of the party. There are four vice presidents of the party. There is an um, three secretaries of the party. There is uh, an executive board, and all of this is up for grabs. And uh, is the uh, Zayev's people were decimated. So uh, Oliver Spasovsky is out. Ljubica Nikolovsky is out. Mm. And these are the two most trusted uh, people around Zayev. Ivanko Filipcha more recently became uh, an extremely close person to Zayev. He was uh, vice president of the party. He's removed. Elipcha uh, Nikolovsky was secretary general of the party, so he, he's out. Uh, Oliver Spasovsky was a vice president. Um, Shikarinska left in March. She's not, not a Zayev loyalist. She's her own person. Right. This is Mila Tsarovska. Both are now out. Um, <coughs> Kovachevsky will probably keep... Uh, a nobody, uh, a non-entity called uh, Sanya Lukarevska as deputy leader of the party. She was appointed to this position to replace Shekerinska uh, because they wanted to have a woman on this post. But she really does not represent anybody much in the party. So um, neither Zayev nor Kovachevsky. Um, so you have to go all the way down to the executive board, which is like 15, 10, 15 people. To find a proper true Zayev loyalist in the face of uh, Kosta Kostadinov, uh, the person Zayev appointed as uh, mayor of Strumica in his place. Mm. There is really no senior person you could say, okay, this guy speaks for Zayev uh, fully. Uh, a powerful figure will likely be uh, Mile Zicevic. He's a notorious secret police official. Like all of them are, like almost at the rank of Verushevsky. Um, he's being appointed uh, secretary general of, of the party in place of Zayev's guy, Ljubcho Nikolovsky. And uh, Petra Shilegov, who is again absolutely not a Zayev loyalist, he's being appointed to the um, executive board and he will likely be nominated as transportation minister, even though he lost the Skopje elections and. Uh, prompted Zayev's resignation when he lost. Stefan Bogoev, who was uh, mayor of Karposhen, withdrew from the race before, you know, had another guy run in his stead and 
and this guy lost. He is being appointed as vice president of the uh, party. Uh, Boyan Maricic, who is the justice minister, uh, he is kept on as uh, uh, international secretary. But again, even he is not a real loyalist to Zaf. You could say that maybe he is like semi-loyal, but again, they're not really people you could say that, uh, a person you could say whose career depended on Zaf. So uh, the big story is the absolute decimation of Zaf's people in the party. Zaf is quiet about this. Zaf is quiet about everything. He's actually really disappeared from public side. Makes you wonder if he's planning to you know, if he's coordinating an evacuation of uh, family and uh, property and uh, stuff like that to, to uh, another country, or if he intends to control the party from the shadows, but uh, it's going to be difficult. I mean, uh, he act does not have the people, the manpower in the party at the moment to uh, control it, and the party is no longer poor. Like when he took it over, he had to actually spend his own money from um, the graft he had in the numerous grafts he had in, as mayor of Strumica to support the party. Now, you know, they're, they're in power, so they have all sorts of extortion, racketeering options in front of them, so they don't need his money either. So this is, this is going to be the thing uh, to watch, uh, how the party treats Zayev in the future. And there is, uh, because Zayev had a major break with... Uh, Branko Cervinkovsky, the former leader of the party. Mm. So any objections Shekerinska's wing had, they kept it under the carpet. But now uh, Cervinkovsky was very vocal about uh, opposing Zaev, uh, Zaev's policy on Bulgaria a year ago, a policy of constant concessions. And in one year, practically, Cervinkovsky toppled Zaev, which is really a spectacular feat, considering how high Zaev was elevated by the US, by the EU, by uh, various circles. So in one year after Branko said, you're out, and Zayev is out. Uh, Zayev is going to, Tsvenkovsky uh, is going to install uh, a person who was like a carbon copy of himself. Uh, what is Kosta Kostadinov to Zayev? This is uh, uh, Igor Ivanovsky to Branko Tsvenkovsky in the past when Cervenkovsky was the power in uh, SDSM and in the country. So Igor Ivanovsky is going to be named uh, head of a new council for preparing policies, implementation of policies. And there are several other people who you would say are you know, associated with Cervenkovsky who are now in the executive board, not too high up, but uh, are included in the party. So, um, on one hand, we have reconciliation with uh, Cervinkovsky, possibly even uh, some level of takeover of the party by Cervinkovsky through uh, his people, through Kovachevsky. And on the other hand, we have a major defeat for, for Zayev in the party. But we'll see. We'll see how all of this develops. That, it's that's still a, early. Yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, that's a great analysis. Uh, thank you for that, not only for our listeners, but for me, because uh, there, there, there will not be a test after this, I hope, because that was just too many games. Uh, but it's interesting, uh, I think, you know, looking at 
Branko and then and then uh, Zayev uh, as the two most recent leaders of, of the party, essentially. Uh, you know, Branko. First of all, he you know he was president for one term. He could have probably run for a second term, but decided not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he kind of faded off into the distance, yet still remaining somewhat powerful. But he was. Con- it seems to me, at least, that he was content with that. You know, he's, he's what, early 60s, I think? Uh, he could actually still yeah. make a comeback if he ever wanted to. But it seems to me that he was just content to kind of stay in the background, keep his ill-gotten gains, drink his Johnny, etc. Mm. Whereas Zayev is, to my mind, a narcissist, first and foremost. And he loves to see his name and face in the papers and in print and on TV, etc. And so I think this is very painful for him to, to let go of this. And... Uh, but and yet he still wants to see himself as as the man in charge and pulling the strings, etc. Which is yeah. perhaps why he uh, plucked uh, Kovachevsky from uh, seemingly nowhere. Uh, but yeah, it, it it seems like events and people and institutions conspired to bring him down. As I wrote in my most recent column, you know, he entered with a little help from his friends, and I think he exited with a little help from his friends. His yeah. friends being. <laughs> Kale, Kate, the U.S. State Department, NATO, the EU, etc. Uh, yep. They put him there. They finally got tired of his antics and, and helped remove him, as, as did Bronco and others. Yeah. Uh, and, and what happens to him next? Uh, good question. He's, he's, got, he's got a lot of business interests in Macedonia through uh, his, his family. Mm. Uh, you know, not just drugs. Uh, I should say, you know, legal cannabis and, and probably illegal. Uh, but other interests as well. He, he, those are physical assets that exist there. He can't just, you know, up and leave those or up and move those, uh, whether it's to Argentina or anywhere else. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be, you know, th- then of course he's got his obligations that he made to Ali Ahmeti and Dewey. And I am sure that they are not happy with the way things have turned out since the uh, local elections when he suddenly said he was resigning from everything and then he then he said he wasn't resigning and then he said he was resigning and finally he has resigned and but th- they uh they have a um an invoice that they would like to give him that is still due or that they have given him and that's still due and and who knows what they're going to if they're going to ask for their pound of flesh literally figuratively etc yeah. from uh from Zoran Zayev uh so, so we'll see, and and of course, in in terms just in terms of policy for citizen, I think it's going to be pretty much the same as it as it was under Zayev. These are, uh, to my mind, at least, unrepentant, godless communists uh, that aren't going to change. Uh, they may have dropped Marx and Lenin and Mao, etc., but uh, they're they're still going to champion their quote unquote progressive politics, uh, which includes. Uh, you know, switching slightly over to Bulgaria right now, which includes mm. still uh, giving away whatever they can yeah. to Bulgaria in the faint hope that Bulgaria will allow Macedonia to begin EU accession talks at some point in 2022. Of course, mm. Ali Ahmeti has just said that the, that uh, concessions still need to be made to Bulgaria. Um, and even though the new... We may have to save this for the next podcast. Even though the new... Um, Prime Minister of Bulgaria, Petkov. Uh, what's his first name? Is it Kirill? Uh, Kirill Petkov, yes. Yeah, Kirill Petkov. Seems to be a, uh, quote-unquote, more moderate kind of guy. Harvard-educated. Uh, he ain't. 
Uh, plus, he's got he's beholden to various other parties within the Bulgarian government and President Ruman Radev, who's a hardcore socialist. Uh, they're well, not going to change, and uh, they're just going to demand more from Macedonia. And it's uh, the question is whether or not Macedonia is going to give in more and more. Um, you know, you once you, once you start giving in, uh, and the other party sees that you give in, they're just going to ask for more, as Greece proved yeah. to be the point. Uh, I mean, the thing to watch here will be because Tervinkovsky practically toppled, uh, broke with Zayev and eventually toppled him over Bulgaria, over Zayev being seen as too uh, open to concessions to Bulgaria, which today there is a, practically an acknowledgement from the foreign minister Osmani. He says, the Bulgarians, what they asked us is to sign off that the Macedonian language is derived from the Bulgarian and that the nation was created sometime in the... Uh, 19th, 20th century. Hmm. Uh, so uh, this is what they want. Uh, now, whether Tsarvinkovsky believes this, whether this means that his people, his influence in the party, his ability to, let's say, withhold 20-30% of the voters for SDSM, which was evident in the local elections, and punish the party in this way, um, whether if Kovachevsky is now forced to, to sign a similar deal, something you know, maximalist, uh, along the maximum Bulgarian demands with uh, this Kirill Petkov, the new prime minister of Bulgaria, whether then Tsarvinkovsky rebels against this, prevents this, uh, shuts this down, uh, or you know, if the trick was only to use this as an as a excuse to bring down Zaev, playing on the you know, pro-Serbian... Uh, factions and uh, overall general spirit in the party. And um, then now that the mission is accomplished, once Zaev is out, once the party is back in his hands, now he can say, okay, fine, let this Kovachevsky, nobody knows him, nobody cares about him, let him sign whatever, uh, whatever is necessary so we open EU accession talks and we remain in power, hopefully with the support of the US Embassy and uh, uh, we carry on. So this is this will be the thing to watch. Of course, there will be some pressure on the new prime minister of Bulgaria to be more moderate, but he's the product of their president, who is uh, Rumen Radev, who is adopting a more hard line. Now, whether there is going to be a break between them on this issue, uh, we'll see. But uh, Radev initially promised a six-month period, after which he will lift the veto uh, he practically said this, not literally. And then uh, he quickly followed up with several interviews. He keeps giving interviews to Financial Times, The Economist, The Politico, the same circle. In the latest one, he's now backtracking uh, strongly on this promise that there is a date of six months after which the veto is lifted. So uh, we'll see. But uh, it, it would be very cynical, you know, for Tsarenkovsky to use the Bulgaria issue to bring uh, uh, Zaev down, take the party from him once they're in power, and then just, you know, then cave on the Bulgaria issue completely. And, yeah. and be, you know, cynical, I mean, hilarious, <coughs> if, that, that's, if that happens. Right, yeah. So, let's see, now, who, let's see, switching slightly to, pivoting slightly, I should say, to uh, the EU, is it France that takes over the rotating presidency? Yeah. No. Okay. So we've got France taking over the rotating presidency of the EU, and they've got elections, I think, in April. Yeah. Okay. 
So they're going to be a bit preoccupied between now and then yeah. with, with the elections. And those elections are getting quite interesting. Uh, to yeah. my mind. Uh, looking at some of the candidates, including uh, Eric uh, Zimor, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I'm uh, here for the for the Macedonian pronunciation. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you want the uh, the, uh, the the French uh, uh, content farmers podcast, that's a different channel. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so so the EU perpetually, you know, has got has got issues that it has to deal with. Uh, of course, the uh, bad boys, uh, Poland and Hungary, of course, are their perpetual. Um, <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. uh, fly in the ointment, so to speak, for the EU mothers and fathers that want to create a, a more perfect union, so to speak. Uh, and you've always got elections, France, etc. So I, I just don't see how the, the EU is going to be able to put any pressure on Bulgaria uh, or, or make any real meaningful decisions between, between in the first six months of, of 2022. And of course it was um, the agreement with quote-unquote, the agreement with Greece, the so-called PRESPA agreement, that was supposed to usher in a period of um, uh, light, uh, sweetness, okay. and peace eternal. Actually, I got that mixed up. It's, it's, a, it's a sweetness, light, and I can't remember. Anyway, it was supposed <laughs> to be the, let the good times roll for Macedonia uh, by signing mm -hmm. the so-called PRESPA agreement, and, and Macedonia would, would enter the, the sunny uplands of both NATO and the European Union, of course, uh, sure, Macedonia entered NATO, albeit under a fictitious name, a name that uh, the those who sacrificed and bled and died for Macedonia through the, the centuries did not fight for or die for, uh, something completely different. Uh, and uh, Greece dropped its objections. Uh, but as we discovered, as we always knew, frankly, uh, NATO was a straight up or down one-time vote, and Greece dropped its objections like it said it would. Uh, but then there was the EU, and as we know, so EU membership requires uh, the opening and closing and uh, adherence to, uh, or I should say streamlining the laws of the candidate country with the EU on the various chapters, and I believe there's 30, 32 chapters of the, um, yeah. <clears throat> and I can't pronounce the uh, French, uh, the Acquis Communitaire or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's actually good, yeah. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, so... Yeah, and in each one of those chapters, uh, the EU members need to agree to the opening of the chapter, need to monitor the candidate country as it aligns its laws with the EU in that chapter, and then the closing of that chapter, and the, and the EU members can object at any point in time. So that gives, by my count, if there's, let's say, 32 chapters, that's 64 times that Bulgaria can object. Uh, and we, we haven't even got to the point where they're going to to agree to open the first bloody chapter. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, going back to what I was started with here on the, uh, the so-called Prespa Agreement, I think it's interesting now that, uh, assuming Dimitrov actually does leave, all of the signers and major authors mm -hmm. of the so-called Prespa Agreement are gone. So yeah. the first one to go was Nikos Kotsias, the former foreign minister of Greece, uh, who, in a showdown with, um, oh, what was his name, uh, the defense minister? Come on. Panos Kaminos. Kaminos, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, uh, two large sumo wrestlers and uh, Kaminos yeah, won yeah, yeah. and forced Kotsias out. Uh, then Greece had the elections and Tsipras got booted. Uh, now um, uh, Zayev has scored an own goal and 
is out, mm -hmm. and Dimitrov is on his way out. So they're all out. You've got a new crop. You've got you actually have the interestingly enough in in Greece you have the what we would call the conservative party uh, in power mm -hmm. there. You still got the leftists in Macedonia, albeit with the quote unquote new um, new prime minister, new foreign ministers, new 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 ministers as we were speaking about mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, and yet Macedonia is barely closer to its goals of peace, prosperity, and light eternal. That's it. Peace, prosperity, and light eternal. Oh, uh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, for, for its citizens. Um, you know, Zayev has, has said that there is no alternative to the EU, uh, which of course is a lazy argument, and it's an argument designed to shut down debate. It means... I don't want to hear what you have to say. We have to do it only one way, right side of history type of crap. Uh, and yet, <clears throat> if you look at polls, most Macedonians believe the country is going in the wrong direction. Most Macedonians are hurting financially. Uh, oh, yeah. We are in the middle of winter, of course. Uh, energy prices are, are going up. You can speak perhaps a little bit more to the whole energy situation mm -hmm. there because I can't follow it. I know Macedonia depends, what, 50% uh, on coal? Um, oh, no, more, more. more like 70, okay. 80 really? percent is uh, uh, domestic production normally before the collapse this year. Uh -huh. And of that, uh, uh, about, uh, so about 70 percent of those 70 percent would be from coal. So, yeah, OK, you're right. Maybe 50 percent in okay. total. Yes. Yeah. But but right now, of course, in the dead of winter, I'm sure the wind farms and the solar panels work. Yes, well. yes. Yeah, they, they provide lots well. of. <laughs> we don't even have them. We have like five, six uh, wind uh, turbines down near steep. Few, few speculative. Uh, it's uh, no, it's down uh, near Gilgilia, oh, that's near right. Valandova. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And there are two speculative contracts I've signed uh, for a solar and a wind farm, but he's giving them very good uh, land uh, to build them on. So mm. we are suspecting that he's actually trying to sell the farmland. Uh, using this as an excuse, and uh, there are some uh, uh, people who from Bulgaria who do marijuana farming with Zayev, who are appearing as the owners of these ostensibly German and French companies. So yeah, it's a big, uh, big mess. Hmm. Okay. Well, going back to my my mini rant there. So yeah, energy prices going up. Uh, you've got you're struggling to to keep homes and businesses warm and schools warm through. Uh, you got yeah. COVID. Uh, you haven't had, let's see, Om Omicron hasn't quite made it yet to Macedonia. Uh, we have one guy and we're keeping him under watch. Some British <laughs> bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Give him to Rachel. Uh, she yeah, can yeah. keep him locked up in the embassy there. Uh, mm. uh well, it will eventually come to, uh, to you too, uh, as it does everywhere, apparently. Uh, it's called the common cold. Um, so you've got that, uh, kids are, well... Two days now, kids will be out of school for a couple of weeks. But, you know, if, if Omicron comes, who knows what the government's going to do in terms of lockdowns and kids studying from, from home, etc. Plus, you've got the two, basically two years of, of them essentially studying from home and no social interaction and mm. all of the damaging psychological effects that come with that. Uh, lack of foreign direct investment, uh, not to mention all yeah. the uh, corruption scandals that have occurred under the Zayev administration. Uh, and yet, Prespa was supposed to make everything right and beautiful, 
and yet it hasn't. <laughs> so, so what does that tell you? Um, well, number one, it tells you don't put your faith in politicians, that's for sure, mm. of the right or of the left, uh, frankly, uh, although somebody's got to govern, so, uh, which is why I usually place my uh, bets on the right, because they have better policies than the left. Uh, there is a market difference. You can't yeah. compare the yeah. two. True, of course. Yes, there is. There is. Uh, but, um, but yeah, and somebody has to govern. So, but uh, <clears throat> again, all of these things were, were you know, was supposed to be, life was supposed to be much, much better now, especially, what is this, almost, almost three years. No, see, Prespo signed in 2018. So we're coming up on four years, four years, mm, three years, three years in January or February since the uh, since the parliament voted illegally to uh, change the name and the identity and everything else. And yet mm. and yet, where are we? You know, as as uh, I've got this quote from Reuters from a few years ago from uh, Dimitrov when he says, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, uh, you know, a few years from now, we'll all look back and say, gosh, why didn't we do this earlier? This was such a great idea. <laughs> no, it's a complete, it's a complete failure. It actually birthed the dispute with Bulgaria, which was existent, but right. not at this level. I mean, not at this level of right. rhetoric. The Bulgarians knew that Gravsky will not back down to Greece. Much stronger and much more, much greater pressure uh, put on him, and they knew that if they open a dispute with him they will probably be humiliated in the sense that, you know, Macedonia will put a monument, produce a movie, rewrite books to make it even more, you know, uh, assertive. So they wouldn't uh, F around to find out. And uh, we practically had a detente on the issue. So the result was there was no uh, relatively less arguing. I often go to Twitter, like, to prove this point, I go to, uh, um, there are historic dates when the, uh, when we escalate our arguments, let, like let's say the day of the start of the Macedonian uprising, uh, you know, the communist uprising against uh, the Bulgarian uh, occupation in uh, 1941, and uh, you would get this typical slur where it's Macedonians would use about Bulgarians, and uh, you go to a Gravsky year, like 19, uh, like 2012, 2013, 2014, on this date. And there is nothing on Twitter when you type in these slur words. And you go to a, a Zaev year after we had signed the treaty of friendship and we should be friends and uh, relations have improved. And you have this everybody shouting at everybody else on, on social media, especially after they uh, officially vetoed us in 2020. So, <laughs> you know, situation has gotten worse. We're blocked for the EU, we joined NATO, but nobody really cares about that here. It just gives you a great opportunity to possibly be killed while patrolling the uh, Donbass uh, border <laughs> with Ukraine. <laughs> we have uh, uh, Undergrevsky would open up or, or either break ground or complete a new ma manufacturing company each month. At least this was the impression you would get uh, in the mid and the late period of his term when his investment, uh, uh, you know, this direct uh, attraction of investment policies were fully in place. Now we have a uh, spiking inflation, like it's really noticeable. Mm. Uh, I've switched the supermarket from like a Whole Foods to a Costco. And, uh, you know, 
bunches of people would have done this even before I, I did. There is even like, you know, you would get people you would consider posh. Uh, they would slip, let it slip on the social media. Like, okay, I was shopping in uh, Stokomak or Kam, which are our versions of the cheaper supermarkets mm-hmm. here. People are buying bulk. Like, okay, can I buy flour in a five kilo bag instead of a half a kilo or a kilo? And uh, energy. So now we have a double hit. So on one hand, they completely mismanaged the... Uh, or not mismanaged, but actually corruptly destroyed the the key, the crucial coal plant we have in the country, the Bitola coal plant, and it's now almost not operating, almost producing like the barest minimum of electricity. And we had the external hit of the uh, Russia deciding to hike the prices of gas, or maybe it's a global thing. So we have... Uh, Electricity prices are hike, uh, are spiking, and in in January we'll have a huge increase. And uh, for households it will be like ten percent, but for businesses it's going to be probably around thirty percent, <coughs> which means it will translate in all other costs. And uh, now the the heating company which uses gas, uh, it's a it, it demands a, a tripling of the price, which is going to be. I mean, they will not get the tripling, but uh, they're going to get a huge increase as well next year. So it's all a complete uh, a body blow to the living standards of the people on top of the daily humiliation and the uh, corruption and the failure to control the coronavirus to the level that we are among the worst performers in the world, definitely in Europe. So yeah, that's Zayev's legacy <laughs> in short. <laughs> ah, and yet, I, I, I and also the Americans' legacy. Yeah, I, they brought yeah, absolutely, that's true. It's I, although I, I like to I like to point out this is, it's the State Department's legacy. So yeah, uh, sure. yeah. It's, uh, we have to place blame where it is due, and that would be with the State Department, not not all Americans. So uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and with the administration, the Biden administration, and to, you know, obviously the Trump administration. Although, again, I think it's worth pointing out that the State Department seems to do its own thing, no matter who's in charge, uh, generally. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's just kind of the way it is. So, I, you know, I, and I think going back to, as, as I recall, not too long ago, the uh, the international think tanks and foundations like to do lots of uh, events in uh, Macedonia or or nearby or or you know during the. Uh, the pandemic uh, on Zoom, etc. You know, extolling the virtues of Zoran Zaev and Citizen, etc. And those seem to have dropped off the past six months or so. Uh, and I, and I don't think that they're going to, you know, be uh, be doing one anytime soon in 2022, talking about the uh, the virtues of, of Zaevism and uh, and things of that nature, because <laughs> there just really isn't anything there. So i have a feeling he just wants to not catch anybody's eye and to disappear and uh, you mean he wants to live if <laughs> yeah yeah and that that's if people would just stop talking about him do not mention him i have a feeling this would be great mm. for, for him mm. but he considers this the best outcome at the moment he can take his ill-gotten gains <laughs> and go spend them in uh, whatever country or he decides yeah. to live in or try and just keep his head down there in uh, Macedonia. Yeah. Well, we will see. Yeah. I think it's time now, Svetin, for our farmer's pick. 
Okay, we're doing it again. We're doing it again. Yeah, we really need to get back in this habit. I think it's a good habit to end on a, mm. a high note. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, as the uh, the ghost of Christmas present told Scrooge in uh, A Christmas Carol, there are more good things in life than you can possibly imagine. And as I like to say, mm. there are more good things in Macedonia than you can possibly imagine. And so mm. uh, we'll put this in the show notes, but I found this, uh, and it's just from uh, September of this year. So it's relatively new. And uh, Touropia is the website. Ten best places to visit in Macedonia. Quote, a fascinating country to explore that is still very much off the beaten path. Macedonia is blessed with incredible natural beauty and an intoxicating mix of cultures that draws on both Balkan and Mediterranean influences. Ruled at various times by the Romans, Ottomans, Serbs, and Soviets. Okay, that last part isn't true. There are a wealth of historic sites dotted around the country. Among the best places to visit Macedonia are old monasteries and hilltop fortresses. Mosques, Orthodox churches, and amazing archaeological ruins are also prevalent. And many of its cities have delightful old bazaars at their heart, which date back to the Ottoman times. Its mountainous landscape is home to glittering lakes and tinkling waterfalls, with its three national parks are full of beautiful hiking trails that weave their way amongst the verdant hills and valleys. With its often turbulent past now behind it, Macedonia's wealth of stunning tourist attractions makes it a fantastic little-known destination that has a plethora of amazing things to see and do. Oh, I love this website. They got the word plethora in there. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's got, so again, the 10 best places to visit Macedonia. It, it goes from 10 to 1. And, of course, you can probably guess what number one is, which is Lake Ohrid. Uh Although the, the, uh, the first one is uh, Strumica, <laughs> uh, which is a beautiful town, despite uh, uh, some of its past rulers. So, uh, of course, Mavrovo, uh, Tikvesh Wine Region, uh, Bitula, you know, all the, all the great hits of Macedonia. So we will uh, we'll put mm -hmm. that in the show notes for the novice who perhaps hasn't been to Macedonia, or for uh, those who haven't been in a long time. It's a good reminder of all of the great things to see and to do in Macedonia. Mm. Excellent. We'll try to get some more good news in the, in the next episode. Absolutely, yes. Now that Zayaf is out, we have, uh, we, we'll have to find something else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> there, there will always be plenty of things to talk about in Macedonia. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's good catching up on the quote-unquote new uh, mm. or soon-to-be Prime Minister of Macedonia and his uh, his uh, his uh, cast of characters that he'll be installing, and uh, we'll just kind of follow it. Mm. All right. Yep. Good talking to you, Sven. You too, buddy. Take care.